be present in the present. All of us suffer from this thing in our society of not being present in the present, right? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever been uh, to that place, like, in a, like, you're outside a restaurant, and you're watching people in line, and they're all in line together, but none of them are there because they're all doing this, right? Right? You, you, you've seen this. How many of you have, like, a smartphone? Guess, anybody have a smartphone? Okay. How many of you have, like, a tablet device? Yeah. A computer? Yeah. Like, okay, so you get it, right? Like, all of these distractions are around us. I love like going to the restaurant. You're wait. You're seeing people wait for their food, and they're like, "There's family of like four or five people, and the kids are watching movies, and mom and dad are like texting, and somebody's on the phone with their friend." And you're like, "They're all sitting around the table, but they're all different places at the same time." Like, how distracted are we? And the other week, uh, last week, I can't guess. My wife and I came home. We got home about the same time, so she had pulled into the garage. I saw her going down the driveway. I pulled in next to her, and I had gotten some texts and some things on the way home, and so I just, I just wanted to take care of those and finish them up. And so I found myself in the car, in the garage, and I'm, I'm doing this, you know, trying to get, like, just all of this stuff done before I walk into the house, like, taking care of it. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, it's been a while. Like, uh-oh. Like, she's probably, like, in the house, like, what are you, like, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. And so I look up over at her, and she's in her car doing the same thing. So she's, you know, doing the, like, catching up, getting everything cleared out. And so I just sit there for a minute and looking over, and I just send her a text, what you doing over there, you know? And I just look over, and she gets it, and I just see her smirk at me. And we had a good laugh about it, right? We had been in the garage for, like, five minutes doing this stuff beside each other, but not really present with each other. We are all suffer from this. And we all have this, we all probably run a little bit with the guilt and of not being present, like missing things in our lives, like, oh, I wish I had been more present at that moment. I wish I had been more aware of what's going on. We're all a little distracted. Because I think, you know, honestly, we just believe no one cares about what's going on in my life more than me, right? So I got to take care of this stuff, and I got to be there. And one of the things that we do on our short-term missions trips here at Daybreak is that we we're careful to like ask people when they go on a trip with us to leave their technology behind. And that can be a little jolting at first when you leave your technology. Have you ever left the pho- like your, your house and you forget your phone? Like, you know the feeling like, <gasps> see, I remember when the phones were attached to the wall and you just couldn't get them even to the car. Like, you wished as a teenager you could leave the house with your phone, right? Because then nobody's listening anymore. Your conversation just wasn't possible. Like, how did I live like that? I don't know. But it's a little jolting at first. And then you realize what freedom there is just to be present, just to be with the people that you're with, not thinking about all the other stuff around you. And one of our missions partners in South America, uh, Inca Link, they have this little slogan, this saying that's part of their core values, and it's, it's this, be here now. Be here now. In this moment, in this trip, when you're here, just be here now. What a wonderful solution to the culture that we live in and the times that we face just to be here now. So we're going to talk about that this morning. How do I be here now? How do I be present in this moment, in this time? So if you got your outline, you can follow along with that today and That'll help you follow along with what we're talking about. So I want to talk about how do I be here now? Like, what do I do to be here now? And the first thing I want to, that I've learned along my journey that I've learned out of 
God teach me out of Scripture was relax. God's got your past and your future. So just relax. Don't be caught up so much in your past or thinking about longing for what was and what used to be, or don't, don't be living so much for your future that you can't even be in the moment. Like you planned this something and you've ever showed up to that thing and you're there thinking about what's next and planning for what's next. And you're not even enjoying the thing that you're in. Like, don't live your life that way. You've ever found yourself so busy that you just can't be where you are. You know what I'm talking about. And so I want to talk to you about two scriptures this morning from two different people that talk about this idea of past and present. The one, first was from Paul. The second is from Jesus. Paul talks to us specifically about our past. And the thing about our past is that everybody has one. Everyone in this room has this in common. We all have a past. Paul did too. We all have things in our past that we regret and wish that we hadn't had in our past. Paul did too. In fact, Paul self-admittedly says, I am a murderer, I am a liar, I am a hypocrite, and now I'm part of the church. I mean, talk about a guy who thought, you know, if you thought the church would fall in on your head when you showed up because of things that you've done, this guy is like the profoundly the top of all of it in terms of, he was a professional Christian killer, and then he showed up at the Christian church. Like, tell me that's not like something to live with. He has some things to say, and so his words have a little weight because he knows what it means to leave your past behind, to relax and say, I want God to have my past. So this is what Paul says about it in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but this one, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead I press on, in this present moment, I press on to reach the end of the race, to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This is, listen, that one of the things you're going to have to do, and this is good advice, no matter where you are in the spectrum of following Jesus and whether you've made a total commitment, you're totally in, or you're still contemplating, wherever you are, this is Paul's advice, and it's good advice. Don't dwell on your past. Don't spend so much time in your past that you can't move forward because that's his invitation. There is something good ahead. God has something good ahead. And if you're following Jesus, that prize is a heavenly prize. It's what he offers to every one of us to be, to have this joy of where we're going and what God's going to do in us and that it happens along the journey as we go. But what it can't happen is if you dwell in your past, it keeps you stuck from moving into your future and from being present in this present moment. I think there's two problems and something that we can benefit from in it. Two problems in our past. For me, this is what I've experienced. The first problem I have with this advice and forgetting my past is that I live in my past. Now, here's what I mean by that. I spend so much time, and and maybe you relate to this, thinking about things I've regretted. You know, things we all have in our past. Like, You all say things probably like in your mind, when someone says something or repeats something they've done, just triggers memories. And you think, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have drunk that. I wish I wouldn't have smoked that. I wish I wouldn't have broke up with him. I wish I wouldn't have broke up with her. I wish I wouldn't have got with him. I wish I wouldn't have got with her. I wish I wouldn't have done this. I wish I wouldn't have done that. You have all these regrets. Things in your past you're just not real pleased with. Wish you got a redo button, but you don't. And so they're there. And I can easily feel guilty feel shame over that, feel like, oh. I think the process that Paul's talking about, inviting us to forget our past, he's saying, listen, 
Jesus came on the cross to do this work. And this work is all the stuff you want to punish yourself for, because that's what we're doing, right? You're punishing yourself. I think I have this innate sense that there ought to be justice for those mistakes. How I hurt other people, what I did, there ought to be justice for it. I, I feel it. I feel the weight. That's what shame is. It's the feeling that weight of that. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I abolish that with the cross. Well, my invitation to you, this is Jesus' invitation. Will you come? I took the punishment on the cross so that you wouldn't have to. I set you free, and this is the whole essence of the Christian life and forgiveness, is to repent and say, I am forgiven. My past, I can put it behind me. I have a clean state, slate, a fresh start with Jesus every day because of his forgiveness. I don't have to live my life there. So for some of you, maybe that's where you're at. You're just like, I, I do feel that weight. And I need to really embrace forgiveness. I need to say, Jesus, I want to accept that forgiveness. And I want to live a new way today. But there's this other problem that I have in living in my past. And that's that often there are things that I learned growing up or that I thought I learned growing up about how people thought of me, how I thought of myself, whether I was lonely or thought I was an outsider or thought, you know, you, you probably have some of these things too, right? Like when someone says something and it pushes your button, you know what I'm saying? Like they do something, it's innocent to them. They're just saying that thing, but man, it just, it pushes your button. It brings you to a place of emotion almost instantly. And you're either defensive about it, or you're angry about it, or you're wounded about it. Something deep down in, you know what I'm talking about, that thing for you, what it is. You know when it happens. And I find myself living in my past. We all have these places in our life where we're still that six-year-old kid or that 12-year-old kid where someone said something to us that deeply wounded to us. Something did, somebody did something to us that deeply wounded us, and we're still there. And we find ourselves in this moment. And Paul says, the hard work of transformation, the part that really takes courage, is to say, I'm not going to live in my past anymore. I'm going to do the hard work to get past my past, to leave it behind me. And that might take finding a good spiritual director. It might take finding a counselor. It might take finding some good friends that can help you live in the truth that Jesus says you're accepted and loved, and I want to transform you. And it will take a lot of courage. And I'm just going to tell you that up front. And I'm going to tell you, I encourage you to do all of those things, to do whatever it takes to find that deliverance. I've done it. I'm going to tell you, it's hard work and it takes courage, but it is worth it. The freedom to be present, to be here now, because I'm not living in the past is really beautiful. So I encourage you, think about, like, do I, am I living in my past or do I need to be set free from that? Jesus wants to set you free from this other thing, too. And that's not just living in your past, but this other problem that we all do, and that's living out our past. Okay? So we, we either, either we're living in our past or we're living out our past. And here's what I mean by living out our past. You ever, you ever met somebody and you're like, dude, the 80s called, they want their hair back. You know what I mean? They want that jacket back. They want those jeans back. Some of you just need to go clean your closets out. That style is never coming back, okay? It is over and done. Clean it out, throw it out. The problem is that, all of those things become romanticized things for us, right? Like we think back on times in our life that were good times to us. We thought, oh, wasn't it great when I was 16? Oh, man, I remember so many happy times. I felt so free then. Yes, you were free because you were a freeloader, freeloading off your parents, had no responsibility, right? I remember those days. 
That was good. I love those times. That was fantastic. But if I'm not careful, I try to go back and recreate that. I try to go back and relive all of that. And I've seen this happen, and it devastates marriages and families and friendships because someone is trying to relive their past. They're living it out. Oh, I'm just going to try to recreate it. Listen, that's gone. It's over. I don't say and don't remember it. Those are good things to remember. And the truth is, you probably ought to remember it the way it actually happened, right? Because nobody wants to remember the bad stuff. You just want to remember the good stuff, right? You probably ought to do a little bit of remembering, but it's okay to celebrate those things. But you can't relive them. You know why? You're a different person now. You have different people in your life. Your whole circumstances change. You can't recreate that. And by trying to recreate it, you close doors to everything now that could be open to you. There are new things ahead. God wants to do new things in your life, but you're closing those doors by trying to live out something that can't be recreated. God says, don't do that. Paul says, forget that past. Put that behind you and look forward to what lies ahead. There are good things that lies ahead. We can all benefit from that good kind of advice. Stop missing out on the present because you're trying to recreate something that's been gone. So Paul tells us, listen, relax. Don't get all uptight inside in the frenzy. Relax. God's got your past. There might be some work to do there, but God's got your past. And then God's got your future. And Jesus has some good words for us about the future. And so in Matthew chapter 6, there's these Just one line, two sentences Jesus gives us. And the context of it is this. He's talking about about the kingdom and everything it's going to be like eventually and what people who follow him will be like. And then he talks about the struggle in this world, the tension that actually exists in this world, which is, well, I want to be like that, but I'm not like that. And and the truth is, i got to feed myself, or i got to feed my stomach, i got to feed my family, i got to take care of things. There are many things to do, many things to worry about. And he says, yes, that is true. And everybody in the world is worried about it, but not so with you. Because here's the thing. I'm here to tell you, as God himself, that the very hairs on your head are numbered. That you don't have to worry so much about your future because God's got your future. And what you have is today. You have this day. And so he puts it this way in Matthew 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble in its own. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't live for tomorrow so much that you're missing out on today. Now, no, some of you are planners. And you are right now in your head going, that is heresy. Are you telling me I can't plan my life? Like, what kind of heresy are you speaking? Jesus didn't say, don't think about tomorrow. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. He didn't say he didn't have a plan for tomorrow. Really what he's saying is, just know you can't control the outcomes of tomorrow. I have a friend, and when he goes on vacation, his wife, like, they, she literally plans his vacation down to like 15-minute intervals, right? So like we have to apply for a slot to see him when he's in town. Like, could we have that 15-minute? Could we sign up for that to see him, right? Like, she's just, she's a planner. The problem is you can't control outcomes, right? The plan... What, what, what's the, the, the army always says, right? Like, the, the plan just doesn't really survive the first battle, right? Like, not, nothing survives the first battle because we can't control outcomes. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't try to control the outcomes. Surrender the here and now to Jesus. 
Now, this has really important implications, this idea of not trying to live for the future and not spending all your time there and not being distracted so you can be here. One of them is just in conversations. The other day, um, I was uh, I was helping at doing something, and I had some things to do, and I had committed to do them. And um, I got this interruption, and I had to go talk to this this guy that was close by, and I didn't know why he was there or what he was doing. And um, and so I went out to talk to him, and I had this moment where, you know, have you ever had that moment where you're, you go to talk to someone, and you're just trying to ask them a question and, you know, find some things out, and they proceed to tell you their life story? And secretly, you wish you had your DVR skip button. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, could, wow, this is getting really long. Could we just, right? Like, is there a Cliff Notes version of this? Like, secretly, okay, maybe you don't all do that. Maybe I'm just revealing my dark side, but you know what I mean. Like, those moments, like, and in that moment, God was reminding me, Sean, be here now. Like, this, be here. Don't be, like, I'm thinking about, this stuff that I'd committed to, right? Like, this is, this is this interruption, and I need to get back and do this. I need to get back to, my, the, get back to the future. Some of you who are from the 80s appreciate that phrase. But I, I needed to do that, and so I had a choice to make. Am I going to be here now? And so God reminded me, and I started to just whew, take a breath, relax, and just be with him. And he began to tell stories and began to talk about how, like, he, he wouldn't even want to go into a church because, like, the church might fall on his head, and he's not very good at, like, making acquaintances. In the meantime, he's telling me all these stories of how he liked to fish and where I used to fish and the things that he caught. And I'm like, maybe you just need to find a fisherman that goes to church because I'm pretty sure you got a lot of good stories to tell there. Like, and he's excited about it. And we just had a really good couple moments where I could just speak some love into his life, help him to feel some acceptance. And I think this was a God-appointed moment. But had I kept that foot in the future, I would have rushed through it and missed it. This has implications into every conversation you have, right? When you ever been in that moment, like where you're in a conversation with someone and they're sharing something with you, and they might even be an important person in your life, and you're already thinking ahead the next 30 seconds how you're going to respond, what you're going to say. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're already thinking about the next thing you need to say instead of just being present. Like, is it incredibly funny that we can't even, like, stay in the moment? Like, we, we're even running 30 seconds ahead. We can't even, like, just stay here in this moment and be okay with that. But there are so many good things that happen in those moments and those conversations and those tasks that are right in front of us that we can enjoy. And instead, we're trying to rush through the task to get to something else. And the task itself is a gift. It's something good that we can enjoy that was given to us because we're, maybe we're good at it, or maybe we just need to do it to serve someone else. Still, to be present in that moment is such a gift, such a good thing. And so Jesus tells us, don't, don't run ahead. Be present. Be here now. Live in this moment. Intentionally be aware of what's happening around you, of the people that are around you, of the tasks that are around you in this moment. Because you can't control that future moment. You can only deal with what's now. And if you want, I mean, how many of you can reliably predict the future? Right? Okay, no, I'm just, if, if you had raised your hand, I'm just going to tell you there were a lot of people coming to you after the service, okay? So none of us can reliably predict the future, but I will tell you the way to reliably predict your future. 
Here it is. Make the present moment the moment that you make the right decision. In this moment, because it's all that you have, make a decision that honors Jesus. And he says, I'll be with you in the future. I'll take care of tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble in it, so just be here now. Give this moment to me, and I'll protect tomorrow. I'll take care of tomorrow. God's got tomorrow. He cares about you. He's numbered the hairs on your head. He's going to take care of tomorrow. Be here now. I'm going to predict your future. Predict all that God can do and that you're open to it and ready for it by being present now. So Paul says, forget your past. Jesus says, don't worry about your future. Take a deep breath. Be present. Be here now. Relax. And then there's a second part to in the middle of the frenzy, how we can really learn how to be aware of what's going on and really be present, really be here. And it changes the way we live our lives. So I want to talk to you about the second point, and that's this. Rejoice, because God gave you today. This action of rejoicing, because God gave us today, can change how we go about our day. Um, Some of us, when we're like, we all have a little bit of a control freak in us. Some of you guys are a lot more overt, and someone would like point their finger at you about being a control freak. Some of you are like, oh, no, I'm fly by the seat of my pants until someone wants to do something different than you want to do it, and then suddenly you want to control that too. We all have a little bit of that in us. And I think God wants to say, listen, will you learn to let go a little bit? I've heard people say before, like, you know, I was trying to go to sleep last night, and I just couldn't sleep because I had a thousand things running through my head. Like I just, I just couldn't seem to turn it off. Some of you have that problem. Some of you, like, you get up in the morning, and by breakfast, you have a thousand things going through your head. Where are you going to go, and what you're going to do, and where you got to be, and if you're late. And, and I, I get it. Because this idea of rejoicing because God gave you this day, this can be hard, especially when there's trouble in your life, especially when things are going wrong. Listen, I'm a parent of teenagers. Getting them out of bed to get them on the bus in the morning that's no joke. Like, that's the sort like, you're like rolling cush mattresses. And you're like, because, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't really want to go to school anyway. So if the bus comes at 7, why would you want to get up before, say, 6.50, right? Like, that's plenty of time with a teenage boy to get himself ready and out the door, according to him. Except dad's chasing them with lunches and saying, hey, take this with you because I don't want to pay for your lunch at school. That's why we packed this last night, right? Like, all that kind of stuff happens. And then suddenly, it's difficult for you to rejoice. It's difficult for you to see, like, this is God's day. God has something in it. So how do you approach it and really enjoy that? Well, there's this verse some of you are familiar with. If you grew up in church, this is like, oh, yeah, I've heard this a thousand times. And you probably thought, like me, if you grew up in church, like, oh, what this means is when I show up on Sunday, I put the smile on. People ask me, how are you doing? They say, I'm fine. Everything's good. Even if your life is falling apart, never let them know, right? Because, well, that's what you do. But that's not at all the, the context of this verse. It's actually a song written in Psalms about how to live our lives every day. You'll be familiar with it if you've heard it before. And if you haven't, this is a, this is a beautiful one line about how to live our lives. Here it is. We, sat, we sang it earlier today. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will, what? Rejoice and be glad in it. How do I be here now? I recognize that this every day, this day, is the day that the Lord's made. He made it. 
And he has given it to me as a gift so I can rejoice and be glad. No matter what I'm going to face today, no matter the crazy, no matter the mistake I just made a minute ago or, or will make in 10 minutes, no matter what happens, it's his day and I can rejoice. I can be glad that he is in it. Looking at every day as though it's God's frees us up from us having to be at our day for us to figure out, for us to get everything done, for us to carry all the load. It's God's day. He gave it to us as a gift, not something to be drugged down by, but as a gift. And even though you know that the future, like you can't figure it all out, it's still tough to let go of that, isn't it? Even though you know it, it's still tough to let go of it. But God says, will you please just acknowledge, will you learn how to live your life in such a way as to acknowledge I am present in your life? Because by doing so, you become convinced of the truth. You're not on your own. God's numbered the very hairs on your head, and he's with you, and he cares more about your future than you do. In fact, he proved it on the cross. That's, that's, I mean, that's the whole reason that we have Christianity, is we met Jesus. Jesus proved his love for us through his death, proved his power to change us through his resurrection. The guy died, predicted his own death, came back to life, did the whole thing, and now we have hope that his power can change us. And so will you acknowledge that he's got this? Now, I know that that's difficult. It's difficult to rejoice in it because the truth is, you know, my kids and my wife and my boss, none of them care about my happiness or my day as much as I do. I care about it more than any of them, right? That's probably the way it is in your life too. But then there are these moments that come to us, and um, we don't always welcome them. They're often moments that we're like, oh but they can become gifts to us. They can teach us what this really means to say this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Things like when you find out a friend or someone calls you and they tell you about their terminal illness, that they, might, they don't know when the end is going to come. Or like the other week when um, I got a call from my mom and my dad need to go to the hospital, except that he didn't want to go. And uh, my dad is like a 74-year-old, and like a 104-year-old body, and so he's had a lot of, like he said, strokes and colon cancer and brain tumor. Like he just had, over the years, he has had a lot to go through. So his body just does not function very well anymore, and he, my mom couldn't get him off the couch. He was talking nonsense, and she was scared. And uh, when your mom calls you in tears when you're your son, and you've got to put your parent hat on, come alongside your mom, you got to choke back the tears, right? Because she needs you in that moment. And so she called and we talked and we, we got his younger brother to come over and because he was like, I am not going, but she knew I can't get him up. He's not talking right. They're, like, there's, just, there's all these things and I'm just scared. And so um, his brother got him to convince him to go and they came down to the hospital. I met him there. And uh, as I'm sitting there with them and I'm sitting in the room, there was a time and a season in my life where I just been like, what now? And even on the way, I was praying, like, God, I don't know how much more time I have with my dad. I just don't. And I know that as much as he wants to stay, he wants to go. He's tired. He's exhausted by the condition of his body. Just, he'd like to go. So I just came in and I sat with him, and I just realized in that moment how fragile life is. And I stayed with them. My mom was able to go home about 
12.30 or so at night. I sent her home, and I said, I'll just, I'll just stay with him until he gets into a room. And we got him into the room about 2, and by then he had the doctors did a great job with him and really helped him, and um, we prayed. I got to pray over him. He got to tell the doctors, like, how cool is it that I have a son and a pastor in the room with me? Like, so we just got to bless him. And in those moments, in that fragility, I realized on the way home, every breath that I take is a gift from God. Every heartbeat that I have, it's a gift from God. I can't predict what's going to happen to me or my dad or anybody else tomorrow. So every single one is a gift. Every sunrise that I see, every sunset that I celebrate, it's a gift. Every raindrop, everything in my life, it's a gift. And I ought to see that fragility and welcome it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. No matter what comes, no matter the, you know, when my life gets the, man, it stinks, snob turned up on it, and things are just falling apart, like even in those moments, there are moments that God says, I'm with you. I am with you. And I have some gifts to give you. You're not alone. You're not on your own. And I've learned this. Because I am forgiven. Because I have a new standing with Jesus, I realize this. That it's, it's not what I see that makes me so grateful. It's how I'm seen by the creator of the universe now that I've said I'm in. And he said, you're forgiven. You're my beloved. I call you my child. Because of what Jesus did, I'm in a whole new place. So I can accept those gifts. And I can accept that life is a little crazy. That's okay. Because God has the very hairs of my head are numbered. And I have become more and more convinced. And there are such rewards in that. Because the fruit of being forgiven and accepting that, and acknowledging that it's God's day, the fruit of that is that I'm not run by fear anymore. Not the fear of death. Not the fear of loneliness. Not the fear of regret. Like, none of the things in my life have to be run by. I'm not saying I don't ever feel those things. I'm saying they don't run me anymore because I'm free. I'm free to say, Jesus, I live my life in the present with you. That's all I have. So I acknowledge. I acknowledge, Jesus, that it's your day. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. So if you've ever struggled, you know, with that, with those fears, I want you to know that Jesus wants to set you free. If you've ever struggled with your past and you're living in your past or you're living out your past, trying to recreate what was, I want you to know Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to give you a new day. There are new possibilities ahead. If you struggle with worrying about the future, Jesus says, I want to set you free from that. I've got your future. And every day, if you ever feel like, i don't, I got to figure this all out in the present moment, I want you to know, you don't. You just need to acknowledge, God, this is your day. I acknowledge that you're here, and I want to walk with you in it. And he will change everything about your life. I, I was thinking about this, and I read a story recently. And it, it just reminded me of this idea of how, you know, we often have a foot in the future and a foot in the past, and we're not aware what's happening in the here and now. And it helped me get a picture of what I want to do in the here and now, how I want to be here in the here and now. And it's a story of this professor, and he was, um, he was in the airport. He was just watching how things were going and what was happening. And there was this guy.
guy in the airport, and every time he saw someone that needed help, he like he would go to them, and he'd help them. So like a mom was dropping things with all of her diaper bags on and stuff, and he'd go over and help her pick it up. And then, then there's a kid trailing behind his parents, and he didn't want him to get lost, so he, he his parents weren't watching, so he, he got him to catch up to his parents. And just over and over, as they were waiting for the plane, this guy continued to do this. And finally, the professor went over and sat down beside him, and he said, where did you, where'd you learn to do that? He said, the guy said, well, do what? It's like, you notice things. Like, like while I'm over there thinking about other stuff, like you, you notice things and you're, you're helping people. You're always, like you're here and you're, he said, well, I don't know. And he thought about it and he said, well, he said, I guess it's because I was in, when I was in Vietnam in the war, he said I was a minesweeper. He said, during that season, I would go out, we would go out in the minefields, and every step, I knew what the next step could be. And I watched my friends as they took their next step disappear from the earth. So he said, whether I was on the minefield or I was off the minefield, I started to realize that life happens between the steps. And I wanted to make the most of that space between steps. Because I don't know what's going to come next. And it doesn't so much matter what was. It matters right now. I thought, man, what, a, what an image of the way I want to live my life. We all have life between the steps. If we're not careful, we miss it. Now, I don't, I don't think you're going to walk out those doors and there's a minefield that you're going to step on any. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I... I know there's not by the offering boxes because I swept that this morning to make sure that was safe, just letting you know that. But the point is this. There, there are places in our life, right, where we don't think we have any control. We're so concerned. We have one foot in the future. We have one foot in the past. We have one foot in worry. We have one foot in regret. And we're missing all the beautiful and good things that God wants to do now, all the possibilities that he wants to open to you. They are available to you, but only if you're prepared for them. So I want you to take a few minutes now to reflect on that, to think about where is that in my life. Now, at Daybreak, we have this way of doing that. It's called a response card. It's a moment for you just to think about what's God saying to me? What could I learn today that could change my life tomorrow and the next day? And so if you pull out this response card for a second, maybe there's just somewhere that you want to pray and say, God, this is the people that I want to be present with. This is where I want to be here now, or this is what's keeping me from that. Will you help me with that? But I want you to think about this. This is my challenge to you this week. And if, if you're willing to do it, I, I want to encourage you to just write, be here now on the card and turn it in with your name on so I can pray for you this week. Here's my challenge to you. Every morning when you get up, instead of just going about your day, instead of being filled with a thousand things and letting your day get away from you, will you just whisper these words? Maybe it's your prayer for your breakfast, but Just whisper these words, be here now. Whisper them over you, be here now. In this moment and in this next moment, when I'm just going to be here now, God, will you help me to be here now all week long? And maybe if you're really courageous, you just make it your prayer over your meals. Every time you go to eat, let it be a reminder and return to that, to be here now. If you do that all week, will you just test and see if it doesn't change how you're present in the present, how you're with people, and how you're with your task, how God is present with you in all of it.
opening up new possibilities, new ways of being, new things to appreciate. Even in the midst of trouble and everything else, God has new things for you. But you've got to be aware of them and ready for them. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would help us to be here now. Help us to be very aware of all the good things that you put in our lives. Help us not to rush by them and have one foot in the future and one foot in the past, but help us to live between those steps. God, I pray that there might be some here that people here that just, they still are living in their past and they just, today is their day. Say, Jesus, I've never done this before. Or maybe I just need to revisit this, but I need to say to you, I need your forgiveness. There are things in my past that have been haunting me and I need to accept your forgiveness today as mine. That you did all that you did for me. I don't have to punish myself anymore. I'm set free. You can do that right in your seat, right where you are. You can take care of that this morning. Maybe some of you got it. I pray that for those who might want to live out their past, recreate things that were, will you help them to agree that, say, that's over. And help them to see ahead the good things that you have. That, Jesus, you have beautiful and wonderful possibilities ahead. Help them not to miss it by trying to predict their future, live in their future, live for their future, but rather to live now, in the here and now, open to what you want to do. And God, I pray that every day you would remind us you have numbered the hairs on our head and that you invite us to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We'll be glad in it to openly accept the gifts that you give us every day. Help us not to miss them, but to accept them with a smile and to say thanks, God. God, I pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your living home. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long to be overcome by your presence, Lord.
with us. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your
This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah come. This is why it's to you I run. This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah come. This is why it's to you I run. There's no space that his love can reach. There's no place where we can find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I'm holding on. I am. fabulous day to be here now, hasn't it? So glad that you are here with us today. If you're new to Daybreak today, we'd love for you to stop out at Guest Central, take your response card out there, and we have a little gift bag out there, just our way of saying thanks for being here with us this morning. If you're a member, a regular attender, you can take your response cards as well as your tithes and offerings, drop them in the black boxes that are by the door. They've been swept free of mines. You're safe on the way out there. Um, so you can do that on your way out. Um, and now Pastor Sean is going to close us in a final prayer. Well, this week, I hope that we can go out and really rejoice in the present moments. So let me pray that over us. Lord, today, may this day be yours. May we rejoice in it. And may tomorrow be yours. May we be fully present, not living for the future, not stuck in the past, fully present with the people we love, with the tasks we have, with the new opportunities that you send our way. May we be fully present and aware of just how good you are to us. Every breath, every heartbeat, a gift from you. May we accept it and may we enjoy it so that we can be free to follow you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. You have a fantastic week.